What is up, everybody? My name is Sarah. My name is Eve. And this is Burnt Out Perfectionist. Today, we will be talking. It's almost like a letter, like what our aspirations were when we were 18 years old and how they have changed since then. Just a quick reference. Yours was about, what, 19 years ago? I don't know. I was born in 86. I'm bad at math. Let me do. Let me get my calculations out here. Well, you graduated in 2004. So you were 17 or 18? I was 17 when I graduated. So 2009, 23 minus 9 is 19.68 years ago. I think I did something wrong. (laughs) All you had to do was your age minus 18. I'll be 37 this year. Minus 18. Yeah, it is 19. I don't know how you got 19 points. I think... I think I just took away 18 from 1986. <laughs> um, and mine was, it was four years ago. Um, and just talking about like reflecting on it, because it's June. You know, everybody's graduating. They're starting their new lives. I think the first thing I want to say is when somebody asks you the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And tell the person a better question to ask. What are you, you going to do in the next bit? Or what's your first goal? So what are you going to do for the rest of your life is the most convoluted, ridiculous question on the face of the planet. Because I think on average, when we looked it up last time, the um, somebody will change their careers be- before they turn 50 an average of five to six times. So that's moving fields. So say if you start in sales and you end up in, I don't know, engineering. Let's just throw a random one out there. So say you started out working in clothing stores while you were at school and then you swap, you go to school and you're doing engineering. So that's kind of where we're aiming at just to prove how a life will work in all of the mysterious ways. So Sarah. Yes. When you were 18 in 2005, what did you think you were going to do? Okay. So I had a plan because I was one of the kids who was asked in kindergarten, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I thought about this really long and really hard. And I really wanted to be a police officer. I wanted to be a police officer my whole life. I would go to all of those extra like courses that they would um, offer elementary school kids and high school kids. Um, I was part of the anti-drug program at my high school. Um, I was part of the D.A.R.E. program, which is terribly, is a terrible acronym. Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Wow. Most kids are dared to get high, so... um, I don't think the acronym was hidden at that time. Also, I don't like acronyms in general. But yeah, I did all that stuff. I memorized all the things. I never, to this day, have done recreational drugs. Um, Did I drink underage? Once. And that was at like wet grad or whatever at my friend's parents' house where my dad also attended. And then when I was in grade 12, I went to this course over spring break at um, one of the RCMP detachments where you got to meet like all the different like delegations of the RCMP. And I was really excited because there was a bunch of different ones. Like there's um, everyone who does like the like the water sweeping, like the marine sweeping. There was coroners there. There was all of these different folks. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, you're interested, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah. So I was so excited. I went through this whole thing. It was it was kind of boring. But like, I understand because like, Obviously, there's a lot of emotional aspects that go into that job and a lot of things you kind of kind of crush down. And um, I remember they were like, oh, yeah, so we can totally tell you like the likelihood of you being hired for the RCMP. And I was like, oh, 
um, because I am a Caucasian female. That that was a bonus, apparently. I was like, oh, sweet. Because uh, a lot of females still to this day do not apply for the RCMP. It's still limited. Um, and then they asked the best question in the entire world. Do you have asthma? And I said, yeah, I've had it my whole life. But it's like controlled by everything. And they're like, mm, yeah, unfortunately, we're pro- they probably won't even consider you. And I was like devastated. Somebody who was an RCMP who helped with the recruiting told me this to my face. Like, I was willing to get pepper sprayed at fucking Academy in Saskatchewan. I was willing to do all of that stuff. The positioning that they used accompanied with that. And then there was, like, additional follow-ups. I can't remember the exact same things. It just completely knocked me off track. Like, I was like, I don't know if I even want to do this anymore. And then I was like, well, maybe because I was going to go to one of the universities to do their criminology program. So that way I had more of a background and stuff. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I continued to work my merry way at Dairy Queen, which I loved. And then we moved to where we are now. And I started going to college for like general studies to like figure stuff out. There was a, a shittery of stuff that happened just because it wasn't even me. It was like they put me in the wrong class. I got put into pilot's geography I wasn't even part of the pilots program. There was like two or three of us that were put in there. And then I just kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I started doing like retail jobs and stuff like that just to like have something to do and slowly figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Was there like any aspects of your life that like it was influenced that you wanted to be a cop or you were just like, I won't be a cop? Um, So our dad's cousin was a police officer, was an RCMP. And he was always really great and would tell me all the stuff that they can't tell you. But he was always extremely, extremely encouraging. Like, I think you would be great. You're very, like, disciplined. You understand rules. You appreciate rules. And you have the caring aspect of, like, I'm doing this for a purpose. But also, like, you can happily take shit and just be like, well, that's the way you see it. But this is the law. (laughs) I remember going to like Remembrance Day ceremonies and they would be there. Um, same with a lot of like the veterans and stuff like that, which we have some veterans that were in our family, obviously, before they passed away. And um, I just I just really loved kind of that aspect and like the structure behind it and helping people. That was a big thing for me. Um, did other than the career that you thought you wanted was like, what did you think your life would be like? Oh, um, I had that super unrealistic view. So our parents got married when they were like 21 years old. And um, I came along when they were like 22. And um, I thought my life would run exactly the same way. Like I would just randomly meet somebody or it would be somebody that I'd like known for a long time. And then, you know, romantic comedy is how they just break your brain. And I thought I would be at least married and have one kid by the age of 25. So when I was like, 25 years old oh my god like I'm having so much fun and doing all of these things but like I'm falling behind meanwhile like there was maybe one or two other people in my life who had already done stuff like that but like a majority of people are doing the same thing as me having fucking fun and and building careers in a way in which we were taught was the correct way to build a career what advice would you give 18 year old Sarah um calm the fuck down you don't need to figure out what the hell you're doing with the rest of your life right now figure out the first step that you want to take or anything that you're super interested in. Don't go to college right after high school. If you don't have something specific 
that you want to do just because you think it's the right thing to fucking do. Do you think um, 18-year-old Sarah would be proud of 36-year-old Sarah? I think she would be like, oh, wow, you waited till you were like 30? Like, I had a 10-year-long career at a large communications company. Um, I worked my ass off and did really well there. And then I helped take care of her or support our brother, who is an adult with autism. And I helped... just said an owl with autism. I know, my like... nose kind of plugged up. Um which then allowed me to support and take care of my kid until she went to kindergarten. I worked at another big um, e-commerce platform, have a lot better like work-life balance and stuff like that. I think that would be another thing that I would like tell 18-year-old Sarah is like, it's a job. It's not a family. It's not a life. Like it's, you shouldn't live to work. You should work to live, which is so cheesy sounding, but like, I went in with like a very, I guess like older set mindset where I was like, oh, well, I need to do this and this is how I'll get this. And then there were certain times where I just like wouldn't get promotions or wouldn't get other things that would be offered other opportunities. And then like mom and dad would be like, they're offering you other opportunities. Like you're not just sitting in the same job. Like you need to recognize that. And they would be like, stop. Like, I think you need to stop being so hard on yourself because I would be like, oh, I didn't get that like supervisor job again or whatever. And they're like, yeah, but you're doing all these other things. Like, you probably would have been bored. It was probably a favor that they did to you. Like, would you really wanted to manage all these people and stuff? And I think that's the whole thing is like, I even when I look back now, I'm like, holy shit, look at all the opportunities I had that were like given to me. I didn't have to apply for stuff. They're like, hey, we need you over here. Hey, we need you over here. And I was like, okay, why not? But yeah, so there is that. What other questions do you have? Okay. My next question, I'll follow you mm-hmm. What level of financial success did you envision achieving at the age of 18? Oh, at the age of 18. Oh, that I would um, own a house by the age of 28. Which just just would like to preface, um, she does not. No, I don't. I don't own a house, which is funny now because I literally give zero fucks about ever owning one. Because all I see is people who own houses getting fucked over constantly in Canada. With the interest rates and all the other stuff. Are you currently reflecting off of all of the stuff that you thought you would do at the age of 18? Are you glad that you did it? Oh, yeah. I would never go back and change anything. Everything led me to where I am today. I don't believe in being like, oh, I wish that I did blank with blank. And then I would be a multimillionaire. Like, that sounded really sexual. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that I did it. But that's the whole thing is like. There's so many things where people are like, oh, I wish I knew more about, I'll, I'll throw another NFTs. Like if I knew more about NFTs, I could have so much more money by now. Yeah, but if you sit and think about that all the time, like, did you have time or energy to do that at that time? Would it have worked? Because you're only hearing about, you're only looking at the success stories or you're looking at the people who maybe just didn't have the best chance or maybe just cut even. Like there's so many different ways you can look at different things. Um, the only thing I would change, I would, I would buy a lottery ticket every week. But that's that's like a funny thing. I, I don't really think of anything different that I would have done. I still would have done, I still would have like done the voluntary departure thing at my communication job. I still would have moved. I still would have moved to the other time. Like, I was like, the, I know there's one date that I would have changed. 
Which one? Oh, let me see. When I had a major car accident. Oh yeah. I would have I would have loved for that not to happen, but um everything happens for a reason. So Oh, okay. I'm gonna wing it with you, by the way, because I don't have any questions. Let's go. So Eve. Yeah. When you were 18 years old, you know, in yesteryear. Four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. What did you aspire to be? So I'll process that when I was about three years old, two years old. Sarah's hold up the numbers because I've had a lot of concussions. But um, at the age of two, I wanted to be a blue doctor. Yes. I had like an, I would say an obsession with the color blue. A hundred percent. So much to the fact that when my mom asked me what I wanted for Christmas, I said a blue present and she asked what did I want in it. And I said, I don't care as long as it's in a blue box. Yes. So at two, I had this like blue doctor outfit like it was like the baby scrubs yeah i don't know if mom made them or she just bought them. i'm pretty sure she made them didn't know what blue doctor i wanted to be just made sure that i had to wear blue yes uh which fun fact is pretty much every hospital everybody wears blue so <laughs> not really that big of a jump um and then i'd say about grade one or two i was like i want to be a vet yes um specifically with like i loved farm animals and i wanted to be with farm animals and then about the age of, like, eight or nine, I found out that a lot of vets had to put animals down. So that got scrapped right away. Really? Putting your hand directly up a cow's ass wasn't a deterrent for you? No. Oh, interesting. That's very true. <laughs> um, And then I say about after I decided that I didn't want to be a vet, I was like, I want to be a nurse. Yes. And then that continued on until I was about 14. And then I was like, I want to be a pediatric nurse because I love children. Yes. Um, and then when I was 17 applying for college, I got waitlisted from the nursing program, which still a little still a little hurt by that because um, not to brag, my fucking grades, I had an, I had a 98% average. Yeah. And I had a 4.0. Yeah. Which, like, in Canada, you can't get higher than a 4.0. I just wanted to preface that because in America, you can. Yeah. Um, I got waitlisted, and I was like, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, And then my um my little brother's um preschool assistant um was still in connection with my mom. Wonderful lady. I won't say her name, but um wonderful lady and was talking to my mom about kind of my situation and I always wanted to be in healthcare. injuries were very prone to me so me and me and the physio team and many different clinics that I had to go to were besties um and she had talked to my mom about like she was working in a, an assistant role and had talked to her about it and was like hey like maybe she should think about like going into this because I was like I don't want to do like a bachelor's degree in like sciences or something like that and then like end up not liking like physio school and so like basically in Canada you have to take a bachelor's degree and then you take like a master's in physio so anything that you do as a bachelor's could be like pretty much anything I think it's helpful to do like health sciences or like something in the field and and so I did um, the assistant program for two years. My my college and everything was kind of definitely changed my plans with COVID, the panorama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, no, I'll be sat like at eighteen. I was like, I will be satisfied being this. I feel like this will be really good. School came really easy and stuff. And I, I'm still doing it four years later. 
Yeah. Which is baffling to think that I've worked at my job for almost two years. I, I changed my mind, but it was all in the same field. Yeah. Outside, like, what kind of life goals did you have outside of career? Um, or do you still have now? <laughs> I guess I should say. Well, I they're kind of now, but um, I had always thought about having, like, I wanted to work part-time in the hospital and part-time. Um, I wanted to own a cafe where I, uh, like, had a specific program going for job experience for kids with special needs, especially, like, high schoolers, because I saw the benefit that it had when our brother did it. So I wanted to have a cafe where we could support that. They could learn how to do those tasks and like actually make a living wage for it. So I wanted to have that for a lot, like for a long time. And I loved bake, so that just came easy. Oh, and she's good. Oh, I am good. I, I did make Sarah's wedding cake. Oh, and it was so good. And then, yeah, the top tier stayed really well. I digress. I'm sorry. Um, which fun fact, that was the only cake that her husband liked. Oh, he That's literally like, was like, um, do you think Eve would make our wedding cake? And I looked at him I'm like, Are, that's a lot of pressure. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't care what it looks like as long as it tastes good. So I was also 16. I was one of her bridesmaids. And yeah. I was doing, I'm going to say what my thought process now because it's only been like a couple of years since 18. I always knew that I wanted to do something outside of my job. Kind of like what Sarah said, like, I don't want to, I don't want to live to work. I want to work to live. Um, Because obviously working in the healthcare field is like very draining. Um, As we can, we can see through a lot of people. And I'm really glad that a lot of healthcare workers are like speaking out now of like, yeah, like I need to have a life outside of work. Um, So I contemplated doing a bunch of things. Um. I thought about being a wedding planner on top of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, making cakes for people, doing that type of thing. I'm very much the person who likes to have my hand in a million jars. And then, like, when I, I don't, I, I can't relax. I say that I'm allergic to relaxing because I'm allergic to lavender and peppermint, which is, like, the two most calming things. And, um, yeah. So that's what I thought. Like, outside outside of, like, work, which I realized that I just talked about work and working. <laughs> Um, I, well, I guess it's still achievable now, but I thought that I would be married by 26 and that I would have my first kid by 28. That's a realistic timeline. Which, like, I still have, like, four years. Like, I was like, well, I wanted to have a couple years to build my career. I wanted to make sure that I felt comfortable in myself before I entered a relationship. Oh, my God. How mentally stable of you. Thank you, Gen Z. (laughs) Because, like, I just remember, like, Obviously, I've I've seen um my older sisters grow up and stuff, and the kind of games that people like to play. Oh fuck yeah! And I'm very much like, well, I want to make sure that I feel like this is the point of my life where I can accept people and stuff. Which I'm really glad that I made the decision at like I think I was like 14. That okay. I was like, yeah, that's Again, good. Running so much more efficiently because I think I made that decision at 24. <laughs> um. Because, like, at 14, there was a lot of things that had, like, occurred. There was a lot of deaths in our family. Um, our dad had his first heart operation. And there was, like, the, the car accident that Sarah referred to in the band. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just like, you know what? I need to make sure that I'm stable and the situation's stable before I even, like, think about it. Um, and so, I, so like, that's my, that's my plan. We don't know. We don't know if that plan's going to happen. 
Um, but yeah, that was kind of a gist. You you missed the best part though. What? Let's talk about property. What do you want to do, Ooh. Eve? <laughs> um, property. I have always wanted to have a rancher with a porch and a porch swing. Um, specifically with a blue door, black shutters, and a white house. Not too big though, because I don't want to fucking clean it. Um, so actually, I have two plans of property. Yeah. I was like, there's another. Me and my me and my husband have another one, which actually might occur sometime. But um, that's what I envisioned with my kids is having like a porch swing and stuff like that, and then um having like a solid like. I'd say like a couple acres. Um, so that was my stable one in 18. And then me and my best friend found out when we were 19 that it's really cheap to buy a castle in like Nova Scotia. Our plan was is that we were going to buy a castle and that I was going to have the right wing and she was going to have the left wing. And we were going to raise like we were going to get married um, to like have our separate families and everything. It'd be like a really fancy duplex. Oh, hell yeah. For the visuals that people need here. And then in the center, we would have a, like, really big family dinner table where we would have all of our, like, Christmases and, like, which sounds kind of, like, all of our holidays and, like, she said that she wanted to have sunny dinners. You can tell that we're British. Have, like, all of those. And then um, for a little visual, when you walk in, you would turn to the right, you would have the dining table, and you'd look up their stairs. And at the top of the stairs, there would be a huge library. But inside the library, there's a secret room. That we would just sit and drink our coffee and um, talk about life. And yeah. it would be our um, hideaway spot from our children. But then our kids could, like, grow up together. We also discovered that then we would have to find two men who would like us enough that they would have to live with another family. That was pretty much our plan. Because I have an obsession with turrets. Yes. If you do not know what a turret is, um, if you look at the Steve Martin um, Cheaper by the Dozen... I think his name is Mark, who has this, like, circular room. And so a turret is a circular base that goes into, like, a point, like you see on castles. It's They're usually on the corners of castles and stuff like that. Which I have always wanted for a very long time. Yeah, ever since you're, I want to say you're, like, seven or eight. You're like, look, it's a turret. It's a house with a turret. I want that house. Literally constantly. Every time I saw one, I was like, turret. I need it. So that's what I thought I my life would look like, even though it could still happen, but right oh my god you know what i totally forgot to mention like within my thing that i went to travel school like this is before expedia and like hotwire and like all those other ones were out there where people were like comfortable booking online six 2007 i don't know right around there well i found this course for the travel tourism institute and um it was a legitimate course there was a it was taught by travel agents other people who worked in the travel field like Folks who had either retired or were still currently acting as travel agents, um, flight attendants, um, ticket brokers, stuff like that. So people who had worked within the tourism industry. And um, I specialized in um, travel. It was like travel advisor and hospitality management. So I did that, which is great because I used to work at a hotel. I did. Um, I was banquet serving and that then allowed me to do like I, I went to the front desk, which you can apply for. But I felt like. I had a lot more information backing and everything going along. Um, I spent $10,000 on it and I don't use it now. So I always say. You do use it. She's just really good at Jeopardy in those categories. Oh, I'm so fucking good at Jeopardy. Um, And I have like lots of fun stories and stuff like that when it comes to when I worked in the travel and tourism industry. Um, 
the travel agent stuff was kind of short. There was an interesting dynamic that went on, and it wasn't just like it, it was more like age differences when it came to travel agencies and stuff like that, and the kind of respect that you would receive and the kind of stuff that you would be dealt. It would be just like booking simple tickets, like they wouldn't allow you to book trips, even though you had like gone through this entire course and learned all this stuff. And you had to learn like an entire program. I I chose to learn Apollo, which is like one of the booking systems. It's basically like MS-DOS, but with different commands. And yeah, so I did that for a bit. Um, I had like a, what is it called when you go work someplace? And you, practicum. Yeah, so I had like a practicum and I did that for a bit. And then they hired me and I was there for like a month and I was like, I fucking hate this. Like, this is boring. Ooh. Kind of like let it go from there. I still continued to like work at the hotel and did the front desk and everything until I changed jobs and was approached about applying at the communication company that I worked at for 10 years. So there were a lot of things that I learned in there. Like I learned management, um, like planning trip, the ins and outs of lots of things. So it was a lot of like even like project management stuff when you look back. But um, yeah, I'm really good at Jeopardy. There's random shit I just pull out of my ass all the time. Or I'll look at somebody and be like, did you get travel insurance? Everyone's like, ah, travel insurance is a scam. And when people were booking trips, especially right before the pandemic and there was like looming stuff or anything before that. And then there were some people who were booking them during with the anticipation of being out of like lockdown and stuff. I was like, make sure you get travel insurance. Which I know some of the travel insurance places um, like defaulted and did not assist people, but a majority of them helped people out or the airlines did. So um, this is your PSA. Travel insurance is actually worth it. Um, if you get hurt in another country, it can cost a significant amount of money, especially if it's um, like the United States or if they have to fly you back or anything, if it's not included with your benefits and stuff. So I feel like all of that knowledge has, like, helped me. But, like, when I did that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go on all these, like, trips where they get you to look at stuff. And I'm going to travel around the world and all of these other things. But, yeah, I did that. I ended up going back to college, too, like, taking some, like, business administration courses. Like, you could, like, do – it was, like, remote learning. You just submitted stuff online. And you didn't have to go into class before it was called remote learning. And I did that, but I found it really funny because I did a class called business communications and like they would ask us to write specific emails. So I would just take emails from work and change the names and like adjust the subject. And they're like, oh, these are perfect. And I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? I'm learning this all in real time. And I'm an applied learner person versus like a textbook learning type person. It could be the dyslexia. But um, yeah, I mean, like I've gone like in and out of there. Right now I'm like looking at stuff on line like courses and stuff to look into because you know new adventure i want to look into like ai and stuff like like shit that i'm interested in shit that i i'll sit and watch a tiktok on and be like ooh, or like coding and stuff just get thrown to the back of a closet yeah just just the back of my rent that was like a whole lifetime ago you literally did that to me one question i know but you you had a lot of things that you followed up with, with that one question how many times do you think you'll change your career in your life now that we have this as like a documented I don't know if I'll ever fully leave being an assistant. It's like one of the only places where I like feel like I have people around me who understand. Like I see a lot of things that nobody else in the family understands. Yeah. So for preface, I'm the only person in the medical field out of my entire family. Um, even extended family. There's always been a part of my brain that's always like, 
I can process things a lot faster. And at least that part kind of challenges me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like right now you'll take on like side projects to do other things to like spark creativity and change that up and everything. Like you help somebody plan a wedding. And like that was definitely like the I think that was probably one of the coolest things that I've done. I love doing event planning and shit like that. Well, like it I'm I don't know if she'll ever listen to this, but like it was one of my colleagues. She had come to me and asked me to help with like I think it started off with like I knew like the music that she was gonna walk down or something. Like I have a connection in my brain where I know exactly like the song I hear like somebody talk about like sunshine and like my brain plays like walking on sunshine mm-hmm. or like a certain word does that so i was talking to her about that and then she needed help with like something else i don't remember what it was but it kind of spiraled into this like i was helping with like everything and i was like this is so weird because to me i immediately knew what needed to go but like her and her fiance were like, oh my God, I never thought of that. Obviously, it is a challenge because it's a lot of stuff to do in a short period of time. Oh, yeah. But like even the day of, it was just like I was constantly doing things to help and like just constantly appreciated for things, which I'm not. It's not like you need validation, but just getting some form of it is nice. But even for like like work, you don't hear it all the time. Like, I'm not saying that every time I see someone that I need to have them, like, pat me in the back, tell me that I'm the best person ever. But it was just, like, a time where people were, like, I can't believe that I had, that, like, the couple has someone in their life who cares this much. Yeah, like, I would do anything for them. Like, they're, then like, one of the best couples I've ever met. And every time... She would, um, like, the bride was like, thank you so much for doing this. I was like, it doesn't feel like a job to help you mm-hmm. type thing. So I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then a part of me, too, was like, do I enjoy it because I'm doing it for someone that I, like, no. I know that I, like, care about want to make sure everything's perfect. I'm like, if it was for a stranger, but I'd be like, oh, God, type thing. Oh, yeah. Um, And then I, I feel like the past couple of years without our dad has like changed my mind out of a lot of things it's not like he added obligations either like he was always like super supportive no like he had quite a few surgeries so like i was always very used to like caring for him and helping him with those certain things and like by the age of like i think 13 i could name all of his medications Mm -hmm. and what all of them did which like they weren't short names (laughs) um and i was like very used to it and i loved doing that and i was like if this is what i could do for a bunch of people like i would love to do that and like i've always been surrounded by like our brother's autism um like assistant and resources like like, the ot's and stuff like that yeah so i was like that would be cool i feel like i almost built my life around what i had already learned that that's very true you were like hmm so i liked all these things i did all these things and i did want to be a doctor so i think all these things kind of line up <laughs> i'm only 22 i feel like not a bit of time and as a lot of people have told me up the wedding apparently i have my shit together so you do you've had your shit together since the day you came out of the fucking womb oh i was so put i was so like time crunched person that like i sorry mom I crawled back in so I could be born right at 5.55 p.m. And if that doesn't tell you how neurotic I am, that's pretty shit. And, like, even from, like, a young age, I used to hang out with, like, adults at, like, birthday parties. It is. Okay. Is there any advice that you would give your 18-year-old self? Just just think, Eve, 
graduating. Graduating Eve. Graduating Eve was lost. These friendships that you have during this time are not important and it's an okay to say goodbye. This is not specific to my best friend, but a lot of the people I had connections with in high school, I found weren't sustainable. They were situational. It's also like um, a great YouTuber that we've watched for years, Miss Remy Cruz, stated that friendships come in seasons. And that's okay because seasons pass and they may come back or they may not. But you had that journey with them and that is okay. It's always so weird to talk to your younger self because when I think about younger Maves, even though it's only like a few years ago, I would only wear like my high school apparel. Oh, you were sponsored by your high school, but you were also on every fucking sports team. So like basically you got an entire wardrobe for free. Yeah. I I would just say like it's okay, like take care of yourself. It's it's okay to just not be perfect all the time. Which but, is kind of the sponsor of perfectionist yeah 100 um yeah that's what i would say to her mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like it's weird now because you have a kid that like all the things that i would have said to younger self i'm saying to her instead when someone goes okay so just like speak to your inner child all i see is my kid who actually like she looks like me but there are certain characteristics that are completely different from me mm-hmm. so but that's the person I think of is like, if you're going to say it back to your inner self, or if you're going to look back and say that to the younger version of yourself, would you say that to your kid? No. So stop shitting on yourself. Cause that's what happens all the time. It's like, if you would have done this, like it, it, Sarah, if you would have applied yourself more, like I was told by every teacher, Sarah is so smart. She just needs to apply herself a little bit more. I was getting B's some, in some Cases okay, so getting like C pluses, but on average, I was getting B's. I was applying myself. Why did I need to get A's? Oh, there's another thing I would tell my younger self: grades don't fucking matter. You graduate high school, nobody goes. And what was your GPA when you apply for a job? I was like, when when you're applying for college, they do kind of matter. Yeah, no, they do matter. But I mean, like when people are graduating and they're getting degrees, as long as they passed, is all that matters. Maybe one person will get, like, valedictorian or whatever, get speaker of the class and stuff like that, and that might give them, like, an additional advantage. But when it comes down to it, as long as you pass, you have your bachelor's of whatever, your master's of whatever. Outside of that, nobody gives a fuck. All they do is see that piece of paper and go, oh, okay. I thought of, I thought of the thing that our dad used to say that was um, only accept someone's opinion if you value it. Yes. So by valuing it, it's like valuing the person it's coming from mm-hmm. so a good thing to know and i think we'll talk about like sarah and i's um sisterly relationship is that there's certain things that i can say to sarah that if it came from anybody else in the family would be a very different reaction oh like go fuck yourself no like i can look at you and be like okay we need to sit down what the fuck is going on yeah because that's just who we are but like say if like our other sister did it or like our mom did it Sarah would be like I don't know why everybody is just trying to investigate me I'm fine I just like leave me the fuck alone I feel like nobody actually takes their own advice though like people be dishing out some solid advice 
And then and then you look back at things and you're like, oh fuck. Is this fucking hint? No, it's not I a hint. Like, yeah, as was my advice. No, this isn't a hint. I just I notice stuff like that a lot. Like you'll see folks who will put stuff on, especially on like line and stuff like that, and they'll say all this shit. And then you turn around and look at it in a couple of years and it's like, you didn't take your own advice. But that's okay. But it's like, but this is the advice. This is what you need to do. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know. I it's- feel like this is a great time, too, to just do- make a solid fact of your 18-year-old self is not your current self. Unless you're 18. Yeah. Then it is. But the aspirations that you had for the first 18 years of your life before you left high school, mm-hmm. before you left college, life happens, shit happens, that you really can't control. And that's okay. We just adapt. I would like to state that your entire existence is not the game of life. The game of life is what the world wants you to do. But you don't have to do that. Also, you don't need to get a second car if you accidentally get 10 sets of twins. Oh, my fucking God. That game. But that's the whole thing is like, you you don't have to get married. You can just live with somebody. Oh, controversial. I know if you're older and you're like, whatever. You can just live with somebody. You can have kids with people. You can get divorced. You can do all of these things. But the one thing that you should always keep in mind is that you are as happy as you can be. And you are proud of what you're doing. And stop shitting on yourself. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our TED Talk. Um, And with that, we will stay. Always stay warped and twisted as ever. Peace. Peace.